This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Just starting to believe a little bit. Well, Hoylet's got the better of Buxton. Puts it into an area. Keo Zamora! Unbelievable! From the very brink of elimination, Bobby Zamora has sorely scored another playoff winner. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the W12 podcast. Um, thanks for everyone listening. You may have actually seen during the week we. Um, we achieved over 10k um, downloads, which is fantastic. Just wanted to say a big thank you for everyone listening. Started off with a bit of a joke in a soft play that we were going to start doing a podcast and seeing if we can get some players in January this year in lockdown or just before the second one. And um, yeah, and here we are now. We get around a thousand listens uh, an episode. So um, yeah, just wanted to say thank you again for everyone listening. Um, We've got lots to get through today. So um, who have we got on today? So, Dunk, how are you, mate? You've been on every one so far this year? I know. I'm like Mr. Consistency. He used to be like Mr. But Johan Barbe, but he's dropped off the boil a bit. And he's, so I don't know if that's a still good thing. Still playing every week, though, isn't he? He still plays every week, but I like to think that my consistency level has not dropped like his has. <laughs> we'll let you know at the end. Of the, we'll let you know at the end. Nice new top there. you got on as well, mate. I know. I was going to do a little plug for it, but I think the bloke's Twitter account's been um, suspended, so I'll have to find out a bit more information about that. Probably giving away dodgy T-shirts, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Brad, you back in town, mate? I'm back, boys. Good to be back. How is everyone? You all right? I wish people could see this. We need to get do something, don't we? Like get it on YouTube so people can see your curly hair, mate. It's mad. It's it's on. We're on recast. People just need to. Get on to follow our channel on Recast. Oh, I mean, if you can, can listen, because his hair is getting curlier every week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we won't talk about what your missus does every morning, will we? With your hair. <laughs> and we've got we've got Jack on. We've been trying to get him on for a while. Um, I call you Jack Op to Jack. I don't even know if that's okay, but um, you're stat man on Twitter. How are you? Yeah, very well. Excited to be on the podcast. Uh, long-time listener. So, uh, no, really enjoy what you guys do and, uh, yeah, delighted to sort of be a part of it. But uh, OptiJack's fine if you want to call me that. But, uh, yeah, I'm just going to refer to you, uh, refer to you as that for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> no, I won't really. Uh, right, so we've got lots to get through. I'll tell you what I want to start with. Let's start as we mean to go on because, obviously, you're on stats. And I asked you a specific stat to get for me. 
And I thought it'd be quite interesting to start with that. I know we go through Blackpool in a sec, but it was around points per game. So I was quite interested in the points per game for the year, the cap like from you know the calendar year, mm-hmm. where that would if where that would what that would mean if it was if this was a whole season, and then and then where we are with this actual season, and then also what's the average points per game that you would get to get in the playoffs. Yeah, it was, it was a good question, really, because, you know, I've looked at it since they rebranded it, the championship in 04, 05. I've had a look at all the seasons and what's the average points to finish in that sixth place? Because, you know, realistically, as key fans, we'd love just to squeak in, wouldn't we? Oh, and yeah. Take that before the start of the season. Goal difference. <laughs> yeah, it could come down to anything, couldn't it? But, you know, the average points total to finish sixth in that, in that period of time is 74 points. And right now, our season projection, we're tracking at about 70 points. So we're just under it slightly. And, you know, I looked at it in those 70, 17 seasons, 70 points gets you sixth on only four, four occasions. So we do need, where we've dropped a few points in the last minute here and there, is that going to catch up with us, you know, later on, you know, further down the line? Or are we just going to do what we did last season and just motor home, you know, second half of the season? But looking at 2021 as a whole, we're the second best team in the championship of ever present teams. It's only Bournemouth above us. And we're averaging 1.8 points per game, which is nearly automatic promotion form. So if you look at it as a whole, you know, that's very encouraging. But if you isolate this season, we're just floating around just below that playoff threshold. Interesting, isn't it? Because I, 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 do you know one question I've got on that is I know that we're below the projected points of a normal play, of a normal, normal season. Mm. But I'm looking at that championship this season, I'm thinking... How normal is it? Because everyone's just beating everyone. So would 70 points actually scrape you in just like we're scraping in the playoffs now, if you know what I mean? Well, yeah, we're sick right now. You know, the way it is right now, yeah. we, we would scrape in. And, you know, there's some surprise packages in there. Can they maintain it? Coventry, you know, that they're basically on the points total we would have been if we hadn't dropped points against Blackburn for it, you know, you know, four more points in the bag. But, yeah, I, I think, you know, looking at our calendar year average, we would average at 82 points. 82. That's, a, that's good. But, isn't it? And that would, that would get you, you know, the average for finishing second is 87 points in that same period. So we're kind of be a very strong playoff contender based on that, you know, for the calendar year. But obviously we've got to look at this season as we're going. And, you know, I'm sure you can talk about it later. What do we need to bolster it? Because you remember like Warnock's promotion season, he was after players just to give us that bit more to get over the line. Do we have the budget this time round? I'm not sure, but, you know, we'll have to see what, what we need. You know, players missing, like international duty, in, any injuries. be quite interesting to see how they play January. Very interesting. Any views on that, Dunk? Those, your stat man? Uh, well, to be fair, I, I get most of my stats from Jack anyway, so I'll just throw that out there. Um, Very honest. Inter- it, it is interesting to see that, like, because, it, like, Compared to like the back end of last season, like performances haven't been anywhere near as good. But the fact that we're still up in that sixth spot, maybe it does mean this year it could be one of those like freak years where maybe getting 70 points might be enough to get in the playoffs. Like, because like you said, there's a lot of teams, especially like uh, drop points, like to other teams, there's teams that are having the points deductions. Like, look at Reading, theirs is like, going to be happening anytime soon. They're going to drop straight down the league. So, and I'm sure there's a few other clubs that are in a similar situation to that. So, I think the league's going to be all over the place this year. Just shows, doesn't it, this season that, you know, it's anyone's really. I think Fulham look very good, but 
Yeah, I think with QPR, we, we're, we're one of those teams, aren't we? We can talk, sit here and talk 70 points, but you just, every week's just different with us. We, you know, we've dropped points for us, you know, for us 1-0, last-minute goal. It's just anything could happen with us, isn't it? We haven't really looked this season very consistent for me. And I think we need to hit that run. But saying that in the last five games, we've, I think, was it drawn two, won two and lost one in the championship? Um, take Sunderland out of that. But yeah, so I don't think it's that bad, but just it's just a consistency for us. I just think, like we say every week, Wolves just needs to find that 11. We, do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, let's, let's, let's um, quickly reflect on Blackpool then, because I think that will lead on to all of the things that we probably want to talk about and answer some of the questions that Jack um, posed a second ago. Um, <laughs> funny story. We, um, we went to a kid's birthday party at half five and we recorded it and we told everyone in the um, party, do not tell us the result. We put our phone, left our phones at home. We came back at seven o'clock to my house to watch it. And my sky had, had recording had been, was full. <laughs> so it recorded, <laughs> it recorded 14 minutes. Of, of them talking about the game, not even one minute of football. And then we had to go live and it was like the last five minutes um, and everyone was angry at me. But Who anyway, we, no, yeah, we've caught up and we have, watched, we have watched the 90 minutes. But um, Jack, what was your view of Blackpool? Frustrating. I yeah, I, was, I, I managed to watch it on the telly. Um, kind of, It looked absolutely miserable weather-wise up there. It was not a game for the purists like in terms of the football that was being played. I think both teams only had one shot on target each and got a goal out of that. Obviously, we were very lucky with that disallowed goal. I don't know if you, saw, you got to see that in the yeah. end, but that that maybe that's evened out a bit with the Sunderland Sunderland goal. I don't know which one I'd prefer overall. Would you rather the court final or, you know, yeah. against Blackpool? It's, you know, anyone, you could debate that. But yeah, it's just, We've thrown away 12 points from winning positions now, which is the second most in the division behind only Derby. So it's that situation of leaving points on the board. You know, it, it, it nags at you. But on the flip side, four points from that week on the road, really tough schedule with historically really pretty bad away from home in November, which is a really weird niche thing to look at anyway. But, you know, it's... <laughs> It's one of those where, on reflection, a couple of days removed, I think it's, it, we did well to dig in in you know tough conditions. I mean, it's that defensive error, lapse in judgment that's played us this season a little bit. I think those little mistakes. Um, you know, I just think they looked a little bit leggy at times. They weren't creating too much, and I think the international breaks may, maybe come at a really good time just to get some players back as well. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't agree more with you there, mate. Also, about just want to touch on Willick's goal. <laughs> what a goal! What a goal! Willick, brilliant. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think he needed that as well, didn't he? Because his form has dipped like ever so slightly. So I think scoring that kind of goal is good for his confidence. But then straight into an international break, you would have liked to have another game for that form to kind of carry on. And almost, I, I'm one of those where it was a bad performance. I felt against Blackpool. I thought we were pretty shocking and I feel it's always like having the international break can either go two ways can't it getting them all back together can re-gel like rejuvenize and like get this team playing again or it would have been better to go straight back into another set of fixtures and try and get away from these bad run of results like bad form I don't know how you guys feel about that yeah I mean 
it was a bit of a dig in performance, wasn't it? Because it's not an easy place to go to Black to Blackpool. They've got a really good home record, and they're surprisingly loud, aren't they? Like they have, um, you know, it was quite a good atmosphere, and it felt quite, you know, the rain. It like Jack said, the weather was wasn't great, and we couldn't really play football on it, and and, and yeah, and the wind as well was really bad. So yeah, I mean, we, obviously we we got a bit lucky with the goal, but but sometimes. You've got to do that. You've got to dig in. So, you know, previous years we'd lost that game on another in another year. Or, you know, I just think that sometimes you have to grind out the results, the performance. I think that the performance of Blackpool seems slightly worse because we're also not playing well really anywhere that's leading up to it. So it kind of adds to the fact that we're, we're picking up points, but we're not playing well in a lot of fixtures. But I actually, for Blackpool specifically, I thought it was a good point. I thought, we, you know, we were under the cosh for a bit. I mean, I don't think Blackpool did much else they didn't have many like I said many, apart from the goal which you know they didn't really do much else and we actually could have won it at the end with that chance with um, Dykes and Austin if he left it you'd have fancied Austin to put that away um, I think it's one on one didn't he yeah that, that one was you know go across the keeper maybe that's going to you know go in so um, so four points from that's good and actually if you look at the bigger picture which is we've got five five um, home games out of seven coming up so that to me seems like a really massive opportunity after the international break. Get a couple of, I'd imagine Lee Wallace will be playing, Field will be in the squad, um, Johansson will be back. Um, you know, Diego hasn't gone away on international duty. Um, Dyke is only going to play one game because he's suspended tonight. Yeah, finishes on a Tuesday, so it's not a Wednesday. I just feel like we could just have a real good go now with the next. We, we notoriously don't do very well at Christmas, Jack. I don't know if you've got any stats on that. Um, I didn't ask you or anything, but. I, just from history, I know that Christmas time we never particularly oh. do well. well last <laughs> Christmas, especially, weren't we? We were awful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, last, last I always yeah, Swansea and Norwich. I'm always disappointed on a Boxing Day. I always know that anyway. Well, our Boxing Day record. Give me one second. <laughs> we're not we're not playing Boxing terrible. Day this year, so that's all right. We haven't Let's won talk. Boxing Day for six we have six games. We haven't won on Boxing Day. <laughs> yeah. The last win was. No, no, I've absolutely bodged that one. Excuse me, sorry. <laughs> on the spot, though, isn't it, mate? You're all right. No, give me one. Um, but yeah, I was just going to say, like, I, I just think we we've got a run of games now where there's a nice little cushion between each game. Um, so like, there's gaps of like five days, six days, and you say we've got a run of pictures at home, less you know, less travelling. I think that kind of it could play into our hands quite nicely, coupled with the players coming back. So I've got the Boxing Day stat up now. We've won one of our last eight games played specifically on Boxing Day. I know we're not playing this year on Boxing Day. They moved it, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, but, Let's uh, not talk about that. Still a bit sour. <laughs> no, you're right, though. December's a bit ropey for us. Mm. What, what do we think on the old Sky Hoodoo? Do we think it's... <laughs> I think our, our stats are just awful. I know they are, Jack, again. like We just never win on Sky. If we do... It's quite rare. Well, I think, you know, the, uh, Hoops and Dreams, I don't know if you follow him on Twitter, he, he's very good. And yeah. he, he pointed out our record this season on the main channel. We've, I think it's six games. We've drawn three and lost three. We haven't won yet. And a couple of those were the Friday night games. So you, the hoodoo is real. If you combine it with our record on Fridays, where we've only won two of our last 24 games on a Friday, it just seems to all sort of work against us, doesn't it? But on the on the flip side, we're getting decent, you know, decent money, isn't it? Did, I don't know if Ruben mentioned that in his media interviews this week we, we're kind of getting you know a fair bit of cash from it which does that yeah. sort of balance out the frustration all the, all the fixture changes for us this year it's, it's still frustrating when they move it by such short notice for the away fans yeah I mean I, 
it's odd that Sky are picking us so much. I just find it really odd. I don't get it because right? we're not like flying. We're not playing particularly like. It just feels odd that we. I think we was. I think I saw ten times up until, you know. I think it's the start of December, the, the latest round, which is really odd, isn't it? Ten times in a, in a, you wouldn't even get that in a season normally. Yeah. Surely they're we- they're aware of the hoodoo and they just don't like us and they don't want us to get promoted this year. So they're putting us on Sky more and know that we don't perform well. I always surely- think the opposite. I always think they know. They know more than they know, and they know that eventually we're going to win. And I don't know. Do so you not think we go out for that? No, no. We, we don't go looking for that, the Skyers, because it does give us money. So you do not think when they say, you know, Sky next week, we, as a club, we go, yeah, do you know what? We'll take that. We'll take next week. That's money, isn't it? I don't know how it works. I don't know if they ask us if we want to be on it or they say we're moving your game to whatever night to be on Sky. I don't know how much say the club has. It's so weird because I saw Luton fans uh, on Twitter really not happy because they've only been selected once um, actually no at the, up until now it's done um, and it's what I think it's once in December like and they're like why are teams getting picked 10 times because obviously money as well and stuff like yeah exactly sorry yeah the game against us is the first time so um, it's just a bit odd I, just, I don't really understand it but um, yeah coming back to QPR so yeah what, what's everyone's view a, a good topic of conversation is Dieng obviously he got sent off I don't actually think it was his fault I thought Barbe you know he sent him down the river really um uh, and he's lucky he should, he should have got sent off by the rules as well, actually. So we're quite lucky in that respect. But, Brad, what's your view on Diego? I know you've got a couple of views on him. Well, um, he, he's just not the well, he's not the player that we've seen last season, is he? I mean, I don't know whether it's a lack of confidence with his with the defence. I, I don't know whether it's something to do with that. Um, I know, notice his kicking isn't the best, but it's get, it got a bit better. Uh, Blackpool, but I just... He just doesn't look himself to me. Watching him week in, week out, he just doesn't feel it. But he still pulls out these, you know, these shot stopping saves. So you can't really diss him that much. I just don't think he views are. Well, I think, yeah, I was going to say, I think, I think Kevin Gallen made quite a good point on a podcast uh, on that West London sport one. Whereas last year, the end was pulling off like worldy saves numerous times a game really like preventing a lot of goals, you know, statistically this year, he's sort of, I wouldn't say he's gone down to anywhere near Lumley's like bad levels, nothing like that. Cause I still think he's a much better keeper than Lumley, but yeah. he's definitely, you know, as Brad mentioned, he's making this, they're still making those really good saves, but it's just not at the same regularity and could, you know, he's had, he's not getting a lot of protection at times. You know, the, the back three changes quite often, the full backs are changing, you know, it's quite, you know, it's not a lot of consistency in, front of him the centre mids are changing almost game you know every single game so I think he's he's had a lot to do but you know from you know statistically you know I don't want to go too heavy on it but on in terms of the goalkeeping stuff but his save percentage has dropped so that's kind of what you need to know really like it's dropped yeah. 70% to 63 so he's not saving as many shots as he was do, do you think that's because he's getting more one-on-one I think he's been put in positions like Blackpool where he's having to make decisions you know where he doesn't really you know want to be in and you know unfortunately that you know our, our goals conceded has dropped back to sort of the 20 2019 20 sort of standards where it's quite frequent really so yeah I, I, I think he's a great keeper I think he's got Premier League written on him I just think he just needs 
to sort of sort, I don't know, sort himself out a little bit. I think going forward, I think he's, I think he'll improve as the season goes on. He's just, as a, that West Brom mistake was really bad. And he had a, I think, like, like I say, I think he just needs to find that confidence of the yeah. back. Because like you said as well, Jack, he, he is li- getting left open quite a lot. And, you know, he has a lot to deal with. And I just think that our defence at the minute is, is not full of confidence. You know, there's, the positioning is not all there. And I, I don't, don't want to go too much in about the wing-backs, but that doesn't help at all. Our win back situation. Don't know what you think, Dunk. Um, yeah, with, with Senny, the penalty, he's put in that position, isn't he? He has to make a split decision, like split uh, second decision. And for me, the, like, I don't know it was their striker, knocked off. it looked like he knocked it too far. It almost felt like he could have pulled out, not made the tackle, not made the challenge. And the, I don't think he necessarily would have had a chance to score. But He's definitely not the same keeper he was last year, confidence-wise. It's, but I think you look at our whole back five, our back six, including Senny, and I think they're all the same. I think Dickie's had a massive dip in confidence. And you think him and Senny last year were our two best players. Is that the problem? They, mm. Their consistency level was just dropped from last year. They can't maintain it. Like, but then, like you said, like Jack said, like I'd much rather have him compared to like someone like Lumley. Or Liam Kelly. <laughs> so it's just one of those. I think it's with hopefully when our defence shores up and the team selection is the same 11 more regular than not, then I think that that will make a difference to the whole team. So, so, I, so I I do agree with every point that everyone's made, actually, that there's so many, you could look at it two ways. I think the, the main point is, is that I think last season he was just so good. Like he literally was so good that if he maintained that level, he'd be gone. He'd be gone in January. Like it'd be someone would want him. Like because he was so good for that. Like I'm surprised no one came in from some. We they probably did, but you know we didn't know. So that any kind of dip that he's had, we've really noticed it. Whereas if he was at a level that we, he was good, all right, he was at this level, we'd think that he was still just you know an okay good keeper that he just you know what I mean. So I think that's an issue. I think that um, like Brad said or everyone said, the back five is a problem. Um, wing backs, we don't back. We got centre backs out of form. I think he's having to kick more. I don't know why, but we're not playing at the back as much. We are doing. It. I don't know whether that's because Dunn's in there. I don't, I don't know. Or add the wing back. I don't know. There's something, but he is definitely kicking more than he was last season. We were a lot playing up from the back, and now he's having to kick it. That'd be a good one for you to find, Jack. How many average kicks is he having per game? Don't know if you can do that, but. I'd have, to, <laughs> I'd have to look for the next time I come on here if I get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have a look at that. that one out. But I'm adamant he's kicking more. There's, there's definitely um, a lot to be said about the way the team is set up, and are we playing? And it doesn't seem as fluid as it, you know. And I think a lot of that might be down to the personnel changes. We have teams yeah. out a little bit more. They know where to squeeze us on the pitch. Um, you know, the, the changing of the wing backs it affects all like the sort of how people, the players passing between themselves, the familiarity of it all. I mean, you asked me to look at some centre-back partnerships and bits like that. And it, it was quite interesting, the findings. Like, our tried and tested has been what? Um, Dickie, Device, Barbe, right? Yeah. We started 10 times with that with those three at the back and we only won three and kept two clean sheets. When we've started with Dunn, well, Dickie, Dunn and Barbe, we've stuck that six times. Well, those three have started together. We've won four of six and kept a clean sheet in three. So I know Device has been out injured, but... Maybe that's the back three to maybe just, you know, go yeah, with yeah. game to see how that pans out. Maybe that will help the Yang as well. Exactly. I, I, I was thinking before I come on the pod tonight, as 
Has Geordie and Dunn played together, the partnership? I don't oh, think they, they have, have they? I think it was against West Brom and where they played Barbe, didn't they? They played Barbe wing back, and I think they all played together. And we obviously we were winning yeah. that quite a long time, weren't we? Until the sort of you know the keeper mistake, and then one at the end. But yeah, they've not played very much together. It's kind of they've been very interchangeable, and they see the device sort of done mostly. Yeah, see, it's, either, it's yeah, strange, yeah. though, isn't it? Because I wouldn't have said that Geordie's necessarily been poor. In, not like all. compared to the others, like centre back, so that's a strange one that when he's in the team, I, I, it's not as good. Like, I, I, I do think Dunn's done really well, see. though. Yeah, I'll he def- may definitely. not. So, Jordy may not have been as bad as that stat says, but I still do think that that stat actually promotes Dunn as in he's done better yeah. than I think Jordy and, 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 and sort of deserves the chance to, to, to kick on. and we always say it, the problem with Geordie is he just never stays fit. He can never stay fit. A whole fan said it. He's just, you know, you'll get a good game out of him where it feels like he'll just use every bit of energy or every bit of ounce of him that he's got. And then he's out for like two or three weeks. He can't do two games a week. So it really makes it difficult to have a centre-back like that, doesn't it? But what some games, he's just, you know, brilliant, isn't he? Dominating. He's definitely, yeah. He can just have that game where nothing gets by wind every header. No one, he's just like an animal. But yeah, that's frustrating. The biggest frustration for me in this team at the moment is the fullback situation. It winds me up every day, every week. <laughs> I, you know, we've got we've got right back, right, right. We've got a Doma who's, who's not a right wing back in any way, shape, or form playing there, doing a good job. We've got left backs, left wing backs playing right wing back. We've got two right wing backs that don't seem to want to play right wing back in KK and, and Moses, and we've got two left backs that are injured. It's just a bit of a mess, isn't it? I don't think Moses has played too bad. I, I wouldn't say he's awful. I think Moses has had a few good games. Like I said, every week on, when I come on, he, he's not consistent yet. He hasn't found this form. But I think he's he's coming. I definitely think it's coming. But same with Moses. He, there's a lot of mistakes there, I think. There's a lot of mistakes. You're just watching him, he can feel mistakes. But I still don't think he's been playing that bad for us, do you? No, I, mean, I think like you're right with the consistency stuff there, Brad. Because we said against um, Cardiff, how good he was, especially that second half. Moses was amazing. He was unbelievable. But then against Blackpool, you just thought he's an accident waiting to happen. Like, mm. it just, like it's the next game. Like, how can you go from having such a good second half against Cardiff to being subbed off, what, was it half-time against Blackpool? Because he was so bad. Like, mm. And then they get asked to do quite a lot, don't they, in those wing-back positions. Yeah. Kind of like the, yeah. the difference between us, like almost like, when we're on it, our fullbacks are bombing on and getting balls in. And when we're when we're off it, they're kind of getting caught out of position, maybe because of what they're being asked to do going forward. But I agree. I think Odebajo played really well against Cardiff. I think he's had really good games. I think he's had really poor games. Sometimes he's looked quite good on the left, you know, filling in. I think I think Wallace is, you know, the undisputed left wing back choice, you know, for me. Like if he's fit, he has to play. I think we average more points per game when he starts compared to when he doesn't. He, you know, we're on the left, he links up with Chair and Willock quite nicely and Johansson and they have nice little triangles and they always create quite quite good stuff over there. We just don't seem to have that connection when he's not playing, I find. Experience, isn't it? That yeah. comes with, I think, for Wallace. Yeah. Yeah. I'm one on the podcast, I said he was being a dark horse. And I, before he got injured, he was. He was playing unbelievable, he, wasn't he? He knows when to go, when to sit back. You know, to your point, we ask a lot of that that position and you need someone who knows when to go, when not to go. And when and actually, Wallace's biggest, um, his biggest positive is that when he's in the final phase, he knows what to, he seems to, 
have a you know, cool head and he knows what to you know where to put it and stuff like that. You find sometimes that the other fullbacks are a bit hot headed and they just like sort of thrash it across without any real thought. Whereas you always find you know he always used to love that little cutback, didn't he, Lee Wallace? Like the little cutback when he was. I know it was only against the under twenty threes, wasn't it? But like to get sixty minutes and an assist straight back in, it just shows you how like vital he can be to us going forward as well as going like defensively. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I tried to watch the minute I was out with him with the misses, and I was like walking around my phone trying to watch the under twenty three game. But he looks like he did quite well. It wasn't too stretched with anything. So fingers crossed. Another couple of weeks, like another week and a half training, he should be getting there or thereabouts to be back in the starting squad. Yeah, I think it's a real shame about McCallum because I think when he's played, he's looked quite good. But again, yeah. he, he's got this sort of injury curse with him at the moment. And I think maybe he's had a, an issue that's needed surgery to fix it. I, I'm not, I wouldn't know. But hopefully if he, we are keeping him for the rest of the season, he's back fit for the rest of the year and can, you know, deputise when Wallace obviously is going to have his breaks. But no, I think having Odebajo and Adoma... On the right, it's not not too bad. I mean, I would be t- if there's anything going in in the window that is better than what we've got and it isn't breaking the bank, then you'd have to look at it, wouldn't you? But I think Kakai for me, it's, he's a useful player. He tries hard, but he he feels like a, a slight, you know, being polite as I can, a bit of a downgrade when he's there compared to <laughs> other other fullbacks in our team, especially from a, an offensive point of view. I find him he doesn't produces much going forward but you know defensively he's okay but um yeah I think right wing back is an issue maybe mm. long term anyway that is what I think but overall Odebaggio I think would be the one I would start for now pound for pound overall yes I couldn't agree with you more there I think KK was a bit of a I think he was good last season because a bit of you know he, he came back and his performances were really like poor he come back and he would just seem like a different player didn't he and he could fill in at centre back as well he had a really good few games you know on the right hand side so I think that versatility is also meant that he, you know he's a bit more important to the squad because he can fill in right centre back if Dickie was injured that's probably was the natural replacement um, but he just doesn't feel like a top end championship player which we are now really aren't we we're, we're up there and we need I just don't I feel like he's a bit out of his depth a little bit, but and he could be a good squad player. I'm not, you know, it's a bit harsh on him, I guess. But um, yeah, I think he's, he's a good option. He, you know, he's yeah. academy. Yeah. It's really nice to see an academy player come through and actually become a proper first team player. And as you say, his versatility is, is brilliant. He can play numerous positions across the back line, and I, you definitely keep him in the squad for sure. It's just what's you you know can can he improve? I'm sure he can under Warburton because he's improved many players in our squad. So I think maybe there's more to come. Yeah, let's hope so. What do we... Um, so, centre midfield. This is another uh, conundrum, I think, Warburton, when assessing him that you need... we, You know, that a valid point is that he hasn't... We've, we've got so many options and actually the centre midfield should be our strongest position, really, if you look at it. There's five or six options we've got, but at the moment it doesn't feel like that's the case. It feels like we don't really know who our options are. Best, best two, if you mean... If you, you know what I mean? What's your thoughts on that, Doug? I saw a little stat. I don't know if it was um, one of Jack's or one of the um, Hoops and Dreams ones, but um, it's when um, Andre Dezelle starts. We've only lost one game that he's played in, and that was the game he came on against West Brom. So I think I feel like he's one of those kind of players where I didn't necessarily think 
when he, at the start, I thought he's got potential, but he seems to almost be a key component. In a I love Dazelle. I think he's quality. I think yeah. he's raw. So I think he's a bit inexperienced and he does some things sometimes. But I think if he keeps it simple and, and just does the simple thing and, and, and just, you know, uses his vision, because and, and, he's a big lad as well, isn't he? He's not, if he can yeah. just get himself about a bit, he, I think he'd be great. Well, it was obviously his assist against Cardiff was sublime. Let's like, it was, what a ball that was. Oh. But like, he, he, he just seems to do things that like Don Ball does, but better. Do you know what I mean? Like, he plays a simple pass with Don Ball. Sometimes with Don Ball, I just think he's a bit like a deer in headlights. He gets the ball and kind of just bundles through someone or plays like a simple pass. Sorry, Brad. I know you love Don Ball. Um, <laughs> I was just about to say, you leave my life. <laughs> <laughs> but I think he gives us more. And I think him and um, Steph are starting to form like, a partnership almost that Steph had with Sam Field. So it's going to be a, like an interesting conundrum when Sam Field's obviously back fully with the squad. Because for me, he was a key component to our success last like back in the last season as well yeah so going it so think about what we're talking about here midfielders right if it, all our midfield was fit like, who would the two you'll be picking because obviously we've got Amos Field Johansson Ball Dizel you've got a lot of players lot of there players. you know who is, if, if you was Gaffer who would you be putting in those two positions fully fit I think for me Johansson um, hope, I mean, it seems like he's been carrying a little bit of an injury this season, but I'd still start yeah. Johansson um, just for all, all his attributes. But for me, Field, if Field's fit, Field's in there automatically for me. I think um, if he's hopefully this, uh, he said the surgery's like really fixed his knee, it feels better than ever. All that's, you know, so that's really encouraging. We, we conceded fewer goals per game when he started, you know, so he, he does shore us up. He's very good in the air keeps it simple without dwelling on the ball too much. And he formed quite a nice partnership with uh, Johansson. So for me, I, I, I would, I'd like to see that one. But, you know, based on this season, I think Ball and Johansson was sort of the go-to. I mean, Ball offers you a lot of energy. He, he gets in people's faces. He harries you, which is really important for championship teams. But he doesn't have that pass that Dazelle has, does he? And, yeah. and as you saw against Cardiff, I mean, that ball was ridiculous. So... Yeah, I think Field and Johansson for me. What about you guys? I agree. Field, I mean, I need to see him because he's been out for a while, hasn't he? I need to, he needs to have a run out and I need to see him, I guess. But based on last season, it would, Johansson's been better but when he's further forward. I always, I've, I'm adamant now that you play Johansson, you play him as that. You don't play him as a CDM. You you push him further up because he, he he's much better up there than he is, you know, further back. So with that in mind, you need someone who's going to sit further back. So I don't think Amos can... I think Amos and Johansson are kind of similar um, in that respect. And I like Dezel. I think Dezel, it could. It, this could be the demise of, of Don Ball. Sorry, Brad. But if you think <laughs> well, of the options and, and what we've got available, and, and, and you'd, you'd probably put him... I don't know. I probably would put him sort of fifth or sixth in the list. Personally, I've never, I, I, I don't, I agree totally with the energy. And I just always think that, again, it's kind of the same with Kaka. Without the top end, of the, is he a top end of the championship player? I, I don't know. That, I, I'm not too sure. Mm. Oh, see, for me, well, I'd like a formation I, I, change. <laughs> I'd like to see, I'd like to see Dizel, Field, and Johansson as a midfield three. I think Field sitting in front of a back four offers that protection. Dizel and Steph can then pop ping balls about, play balls about. And I think that would be, potentially would give us... So I think 
the back five isn't working for me this year. I think it's getting found out. I think too many teams are doing it and teams are working out how to play against it, especially with us when we don't have any pace in it. So well, like I think the back five, like we've, said, like we've said this whole podcast, the back five, you, you, to play a back five, you need good wing-backs. You need consistent wing-backs. It's such a big area to cover. We can't be playing a back five with, you know, the, the wing-backs we have, unfortunately. But, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think Field, Phil when he's back. But I just, I feel a bit harsh on Amos, really, because I think Amos has got more to bring, bring up. See, when he come back, he looked okay. He looked, you know, a bit more pacier. And I think Amos has got more to offer. But I think, yeah, I think you're right about Ball. I love Ball. And as much as I talk about Ball, I love the song. But I think it's maybe his time. Yeah, there's too many options. And for me, Wolverton has got a pick. He's got a pick. He can't keep changing it up week in, week out. You just can't do that. We need to get that 11 set in stone. And I know injuries and fitness will dab at that, but we need to find it at some point if we want to be a top-end championship team. I don't know what you think. So I've got a good set of midfield question for you all. I asked you it all before, so hopefully you've had a little think about it. So you've got your five set of midfielders. So I'm going to give you five set of midfielders. I saw this on a podcast a little while ago and I thought it was quite interesting. And you've got a one-off game, okay? One-off game, no dressing room, nothing. You know, you turn up on a Sunday morning, go home after kind of vibe. And you have to pick two centre midfielders, okay? And to win the game. So it's £10,000 game. If you win it, you get £10,000, right? So which which of these five would you pick? So we've got Sean Derry. So I'm all about prime ranges as well, in their prime ranges. Like not, you know, I know Sean Derry's like 50 now, so don't pick him. Um, you've got... Derry, Fowlin, Johansson, Akos Buzaki or Joey Barton. So you need to pick two, bench one and drop two. Right. My issue is who are our attacking players and defensive players? Oh, come on. <laughs> really? Well, I need what? to know what, what, what were certain players offer different things, don't they? Well, think about what formation you would probably play. Don't worry about the I'll, players. I'll play a 4-2-3-1. You... 4-2-3-1. Right, okay. Well, in that 4-2-3-1, which two <laughs> would you pick? Have you thought about it? Yeah, I know mine, so do you want me to go Hold first? On. So, yeah. I've, pure and simple, I've got this combination got us promoted as champions. So, I've gone for Farlin and Derry. Literally, mm. what more could you want in the two midfielders? Derry is a terrier. He will chase around the that it would take that back four and Farlin, he's an absolute baller. Wand of a left foot, can pick any pass you want, unlock a defence, happy days, that's it. Game's won. Well, it's not going to make for an interesting um, answer from me, but I've picked the same players. I, I, I had Derry and Farlin only because I think, I don't think we've had a Derry type of player since Derry's left, you know, in that middle, like someone that was you know, pretty competent on the ball, quite an underrated footballer, but just read the game so well. He just felt like you had a brick wall in front of the back four at times in that season. And I think he had such a good connection with Fallin. Oh, you know, and what a wonderful player he was. Even post-injuries, he could still ping it about a bit. But if he hadn't have had those injuries, who knows where he would have ended up, you know, in terms of Premier League. But and I'd, if I had a bench player, I'd have Bizaki just because he was one of my favourites of that era. Just enjoy some Joy to watch. I wouldn't touch. Barton. I mean, no, I agree, Jack. Derrian, you wouldn't touch Barton. 
Nope. <laughs> I mean, Darian Fallen is looking like our, you know, strongest. Johansson, is, <laughs> he's got to be in there somewhere, hasn't he? Uh, well, a fit Johansson. We haven't seen Jesus. enough, have we? Like, he's only been here for, what, eight months? When he first came out, how good was his passing? I'm probably just going to change it up a bit. I'll go Fallen and Johansson with Derry on the bench. Two left footers, very nice. Mm. So, so mine would be um, the same as Brad's. Actually, I'd foul in Johansson. I've just because because Ali can put it about, could he? He can pick up. You got two certain fielders that on the ball would be just ridiculous. You just wouldn't get it off them really if they were both on form. I'm talking about like and both at it and both like in. I just feel like. They could both put a tackle in as well. Yeah, like, both, I don't know. Both sides of the game, can't they? Yeah, I know they're both mm. two left footers, so that would be. But whatever, I'll just get them do, in training. I'll get them doing right. If you have to pick one of them, if you had to pick one of those two, who would you pick out of those two, Farlin and Johansson? Uh, Farlin for me all day long. He, yeah. He's brilliant, wasn't he? I think Callie, we he's asked um, we asked Charlie Austin that question, didn't we? I don't even remember on the pod a little while ago, and he he picked he picked. It, it took some getting out of him, didn't it? But I think yeah. he picked Dali as well, didn't he? Hmm. I think, are we a bit harsh there on Barton? No. Are we a bit... Well, no. <laughs> no one's given him the time of day there at all. No one's even spoke about him. <laughs> I mean, he could play. Don't get me wrong. You know, he can, and he, did, he can do both sides of the thing, you know, pass it and tackle and score goals and assist. But I just don't think his, his prime, like prime QPR days, were better than the other guys you've mentioned. Yeah, so I know, but then he got promotion as well. So yeah, I, I disagree with Barton. I've got as a footballer, not as a guy. I think he's he's as good as anyone on that list as a footballer. Yeah, but um, to win a to, to win a one off game, would you trust you'd, you'd Joe Barton? Surely, would you trust oh, no, him in the because, game? No, no, because if you get your sent off, there's a ten grand down the bin. <laughs> exactly, he's that. Kind he of wouldn't player, care either. No, walk off smiling. That literally, you could be throughout Mourinho interview with uh, Balotelli. He's like, I've got no strikers. You're on a yellow card, no tackles. You could say that the same thing to Barton. Don't dive in, no tackles. And he'd go, fuck off. In the next two seconds, we'd take someone out. Yeah. But, but, yeah. but, interesting. And I know Jack did say Buzaki, but we he was he was class as well. Second Buzaki. But... What a player. What a player. Play ten, could play eight, couldn't he? Could do yeah. wide. The goals he scored. One game, ten, one game, ten grand. Buzaki did it in the Premier League. I mean, I know Ali did as well. I mean, they all did, I guess. They all have, haven't they? But you forget that Akos scored, a few, you know, a few Premier League goals as well. So yeah, that's Swansea one. Yeah, he did. Yeah, Yelly. Yeah, he scored a lovely goal. No, you're right. Completely yeah. agree. He, he did it in the Prem as well. Even even with his knee injuries as, as well. Tough. Zaki's on my bench. I'm, I'm bidding yeah. the, the defensive midfielders in mind. Jerry Barton, I'm not. Yeah, and, and um, Derry. I like Derry. on my bench. I can't believe you're bidding Derry. <laughs> Keep your legend. I wouldn't tell him to bid. Oh. <laughs> yeah, if you're listening, Sean, you know, yeah, you. you, <laughs> you, you <laughs> I'm sorry, mate. Um, oh. Another. Let's let's move on to Warbs then. Um, I've been, I've been reading some really interesting points, listening to some some um, QPR fans, and, and, and um, it'd be interesting to know what your views are of how well he's done this season so far as a whole. Because um, I mean, top line, sixth, quarter, within a dodgy goal of a quarterfinal. You know, it, it, it seems like why are we even questioning this, really, if you look at it like that? But 
there still seems to be something in there. I don't know what you know. What Jack, what's your views, mate? I'd, um, I would say if you're judging him on this season, I think he's it's, it's, it's still an eight overall. I'd give him an eight out of ten. And I'll explain reasons for that in a minute. But I think this season compared to last season, at the same stage, we've got eight points more. We've got ten goals scored more. Obviously, I know we had the dodgy first half of the season and the different squad. Um, so you know that we had different players, personnel. But I think generally, like he, he is improving us year on year. I think you are seeing improvements. Defenses we've touched upon has regressed a little bit this year. And there's numerous factors for that. But I think you know he's. I think he's doing a really good job. Remember, you know, it could it can not have been easy managing QPR or any football club during COVID mm. and all the all the problems and all the situations that arise with that. And I just think when. You, you touched on it. I mean, you mentioned the performances recently don't look as good, but we're still picking up points. We're still in the playoff position. So I think he's doing a really good job overall. Um, are we supposed to grade it? Are we giving it a, a score? Eight, eight out of ten. That's what you want to give it, mate. That, that's good, yeah. I think eight out of ten generally. I think the away record for me stands out as a good little um, something I spotted about him historically of you know, managers to manage more than 10 away games, away league games for QPR. He's He's got the second best points per game average of any QPR manager in history. It's, it's only Warnock, who's got a better record on the road in oh, league really? games. Well, than and that's one of the biggest pluses for me. We're a decent outfit on the road, but we, we weren't for years. You know, we were, mm. you know, we weren't, couldn't buy a win, but he's made us competitive. And actually sometimes the way we play, it lends mm. itself to getting points away from home sometimes. So, yeah, I'm 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 pretty happy with Warburton this year as well. I just think we can tighten up and maybe just make, if it can click a little bit better, you know, with with the passing and you know, our just overall performances. Then I think we're, we could be um, a good season coming the end of the season. But yeah, sorry for the long answer. <laughs> but I I agree with you there. To be honest, Jack, I agree with you with eight out of ten for Warps. I think reading sometimes people's Twitter when we lose and things like that. I think people are a bit harsh towards him. I think. The board definitely back him. They see, you know, a lot of potential in him. Um, I'm sure in January, if he says he wants one or two, I'm sure he might get it, depending on players we go out. Look, I mean, I said it before, last five games, we, you know, we've drawn two, one, two, lost one. And, you know, we've we've dropped a few points and things like that. But I just think he, he's got more to offer. And I just think he just needs to find this 11. I keep saying it. I know people say, look, you keep going on about that. But, once we find that level, we find our feet, like you say, the way record, he's, he's good. You know, we've got Luton Huddersfield coming out. I just I just think Wolves is, is fine. I, I don't even think why well, it's a question at all. But, you know, who's out there that's going to come in who's better than Wolves anyway? I don't think there's anyone out there. There's no other, you know what I mean? For me, I just think I think he's been brilliant. Ben? Uh, well done, Ben. Uh, I was going to say, I've, I've not been quite as generous. I've given him a 7 out of 10. And it's purely down to the fact that we're in the bottom 4-5 for goals conceded. Like, I think even Derby haven't conceded as many as we have this season. And I think, for me, that's a slight concern because, like, it's if we're getting in that many goals, we're not going to be able to grind out those, like, gritty 1-0 wins to get in, that, in the playoffs. And that's what I'm slightly concerned about. But in regards to, say, season expectations in August, we wanted playoffs and we're in playoffs, so we can't be grumbling too much. 
definitely sixth going into Christmas if we can keep that. I mean, uh, you, you, any football fan at the start of the season, you say you're sixth for playoffs at Christmas, you'll be buzzing, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of football until Christmas, so Brad. Um, I mean, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm really on the fence actually with both points. I'm sort of, I don't know, seven point five if I could go there. Not, I agree with all your good points about him. I'm, I don't want to go over them again. I, I agree with Dunk as well. We're conceding too many goals, and it, we've had a lot of injuries, haven't we, this season? You can't get a settled team. I, I mean, you can't. Can you blame him for the injuries? Probably not. Um, Key players going on international duty. I don't think it's helped either. I think that's what's maybe affected Seni and 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 Chair at times feels sometimes he looks a bit tired, doesn't he? He looks a bit leggy sometimes. Um, but I just think the only little cloud over Warburton that's just always, I always see is just his in-game management sometimes is just not always there. He sometimes doesn't make the right decisions and sometimes we've lost points from it. Peterborough was a perfect example. I was there, you know, the games needed to be shut out and we had like 10 players running forward. And I know that's the way he plays. I get it. But that could cost us at the end of the season if, if we're not careful. We're just managing games. He changed it at Cardiff. I don't know if you noticed, he, we, we sat back a, lot, a bit more. He brought on a defensive player and, and, and we, we got the result. I just think sometimes he could do with doing that, but he could have done that before. So I just want his subs sometimes... It's always aren't always great. I mean, it's not an easy decision, is it? But there's games there that he he does make the right decision. So it's you know it swings and roundabouts, isn't it? You're gonna there is errors that's going to be made sometimes. It's just it's just life. But I think I just I don't know. I've, I just think Wolves is. Do you think if Wolves was to go at some point, it would be usage coming in? That's where we are, Brad. I think that's already. I think the- if we are like if he goes and it's and it's towards the end of the season, it's not looking like we're getting the playoffs, and yeah. I think he would be in if it was a January, February job. Eve. You know, so it won't happen, but say we went on the mad one and we didn't win for the next 10 games and he went. I still think they'll bring someone experienced in knowing that we've still got the opportunity to go up. There's enough games. Does that make sense? That's that's what I think. Yeah. I don't think he's No, no, I don't either. <laughs> I think, as you said, there's a lot of games between now and the end of, end of this like calendar year. And I think we'll have a much better sort of portrayal of the real QPR this season. Um so uh, you know, I think the fact that we're picking up points despite performances not being as good as points last season is a, is a great sign. You know, it's better than it's been in previous mm. years. But exactly, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm, you know, very much in the Warburton, you know, leave him in the job as long as as long as he's doing it, you know, doing what he's doing. But I do agree, defense is a concern. Like, but we've had so many injuries as well compared to last year. We barely had any. It was just, it was, you know, we, we did really well, but. For whatever reason, we've been a bit unlucky. Scheduling's not been the kindest for us this year. So, you know, I, I think we'll, let's kind of judge where we are at the end of this calendar year. But I think for now, he's, you know, I think, yeah, it's hard to fault too much about it. But I do agree with your criticisms. Do you think there'd be a big question mark on his head, though, if we're, if we're not in playoffs at Christmas, if we're just below it? Do you think the our league, expectations are playoffs? The league is so tight, and this is kind of back to Jack's point: is that we could be looking at some, we could be like fifteenth, no, probably not that, no, twelfth maybe, but still only four or five points off the playoffs. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, that that's where the line is. We could be sat here and you know, mid-table, not looking great, but a couple of wins, and you're right back up there again, aren't you? It's, it's a bit like that. Um, I certainly wouldn't panic because I mean, look at the run we went on second half of the season compared to where we were at Christmas, and like how we weren't that far off the playoffs in the end. But so mm. if we're in touching distance, you know, as you mentioned, like sort of four or five points off it, wouldn't panic. I just, you know, 
maybe. Yeah, exactly. What What was it last season? I think what was it the second end of the season? We would we'd have finished second, wouldn't we? Yeah, we, we, I think it was only like Norwich or someone like that. Above Norwich us, yeah. had, had like more points than us in the second half of the year, and obviously they got automatic promotion. So, so yeah, yeah. yeah it it goes back to your point, Dunk, about the about uh, as a back five, we're we're on eighty points if you look at it from a. You know, we changed in the early January, didn't we? And, 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 and I know that it's still two separate seasons, but still, it's still it, you can see why Warburton sticks with that formation because it's still producing results, although at times it doesn't produce the performances. Yeah, massively. Just going back to your comment, Ben, about the players, a few players been on international duty. Obviously, when we spoke to um, Ilias the other week, he said that he's not even really training with the team. Mm. Because of being away on international duty, there's games in and out, with days like rest days, like after matches and stuff. So, like that must be affecting more than just him in the squad. So that's got to be playing a key part in the fact that why maybe we're not looking as such a fluid unit at the minute, because maybe players aren't learning each other's patterns, aren't learning how each other plays. So mm -hmm. hopefully we can get that going. Hopefully after this international break, I don't think there's one again until February, March. March. Yeah, so hopefully that'll give us a bit of time for all the players to stay in and around the squad, get some training sessions as a unit, and then crack on. Hopefully. I guess it's the same for everyone, though, isn't it? Every team. But, you know, our scheduling seems to have been rather tight with, the, you know, in between games. Um, all right, then. Well, let's, let's, Jack, just quickly, I just want a quick, where, where do you get all your stats from? Like, where's it come from? Like, what, what, if you, do you just watch all the games and have you got a little spreadsheet? Well, I do have some spreadsheets. I mean, over the years, like I've been working at Opta about well, pushing nine years now. So over over time, you sort of you start to like get ideas. Oh, I could start collating that data about QPR. But a lot of you know my influence. You know, there's that QPR book that Gordon Macy did. Um, you know, the about all the history of QPR, yeah. and he's got all, all his stats and stuff. It really captured my imagination. And you know, I think without that book, I wouldn't have gone down the route with like, all the QPR stats. So I definitely want to sort of say tribute to Gordon's work it was phenomenal and uh the stuff that Chris Guy does on the, the you know there's the new historian as well and his retro QPR is brilliant but no I, I've got you know during lockdowns and stuff I set myself like anyone like sort of projects to pass the time and I went through uh various like you know I mean, for every game and sort of logging who was playing and it, it's it's really really nerdy but I just managed to just collate basically QPR's history game by game you know, who played, who scored, who started, how old they were, all sorts of stuff. And it's stuff I've picked up from working at Opta, like things that would make an interesting stats. So it's kind of a, a, like an amalgamation of like learning to figure out the best sort of stat angles, you know, or facts that prop up that the most interesting or relatable and like collating my own information as well. Obviously, you've got access to the Opta database. So sort of some of the more analytical stuff, you know, like, you know, chances created, assist, possession, that stuff, you know, you know, I can view that on on the, on the database, which I think there's various websites online that also project similar information as well. But no, it's just been a sort of uh, a little hobby project, really, that's kind of manifested into a bit of an obsession. Nice, mate. We'll keep going, mate. We love the stats. Thank you very much. Yeah, brilliant. Um, so, what do we reckon that Luton Friday night we're going? Are we Brad? Yes, mate. Um, we've got to get three points, haven't we? There's no. <laughs> Ifs or buts or maybes about it. I mean, I, I'm, for me, I think I will win 2 0. <laughs> but Luton have not been playing bad recently, have they? No. No. They're like Blackpool, aren't they? They've got like a uh, Millwall type 
team that just well organised, well structured. Um, so yeah, it's not going to be an easy game. Uh, I mean, we've got quite a good record against Luton, to be fair though. Which, like, hopefully, it's not going to be the time that changes. And I think depending on obviously how the international break goes, as long as all our players come back fit and we've got a pretty strong squad to pick from, I think it should be a game that we need to be winning. I think it's one of those where we just set down a mark and now we've got this run of games coming up where we need to start it well and try and get as many points before Christmas as possible, in theory. So I reckon it's going to be 2-1 to us. Um, I mean, historically speaking, I mean, we, we are unbeaten at home against Luton since 1984. So we haven't, 17 home games and we haven't lost. So not that that means much for parenting, but we have a good record historically against Luton which you know some people think oh well, that's guaranteed defeat if you you know QPR persuasion you always think those stats mean oh god you know yeah. uh, what that's telling me Jack is whack my oh, heart please don't. I don't want to be responsible for that one but you know in terms of ta- tactically speaking Luton one of the best pressing teams in the championship they get after you and they do not allow you to have many passes on the ball before they make some sort of defensive actions. So they rank they rank as one of the best teams in the championship for that. And actually, they've scored five goals, I think, from winning the ball back high up the pitch off the opposition, which, as we know, can be our Achilles heel if we dally or make mistakes on the ball, passing it around. So I'd be a little, I'm a little bit like I'm hoping it's not one of the, like a Barnsley last, you know, where where they kind of really squeeze the pitch and everything. But I think. If we've got a fully fit squad, you know, Wallace, Phil, people like that coming back, you know, Austin rested. I, I think we've got enough enough to beat them. We can control the game. Well, if we get our passing going, I think we'll we'll win. We just got to be a bit careful, I think, which I'm obviously I'm sure they're aware of. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think 2-0. I mean clean sheet and I can win. Yeah. I'm gonna do you know what? I'm gonna go for a win, which I don't often do. I'm very pessimistic and I don't. Um wow. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go one nil. Do you know what I'm, we're gonna do? We're gonna get a penalty, which I don't think we've had for I don't even remember the last penalty we've had, Jack. So was, if you last one was pre season, was it? Right. No, not, was it Bright scored on Norwich last year? Yes, he did, yeah. yeah. So I don't think we've had one in twenty twenty one, which is mad because we're in I November. Mean, Dykes might have is Dykes missed any I can't off the top of my head, but I know the last one we, we scored had- was Norwich. We had the away. one in the um, was it the Cambridge preseason game, wasn't it? Yeah. I think that was the only yeah. one bad. I mean, we had practice in the shootouts this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, lads. Well, look, let's let's leave it there. I'll let you all crack on with your evening. Um, um, thanks for Jack. Thanks for coming on, mate. Um, yeah, thanks, mate. Uh, yeah, yeah, thanks, you guys. Really appreciate the invite. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. Just starting to believe a little bit. Well, Hoylet's got the better of Buxton. Puts it into an area. Keo Zamora. From the very brink of elimination, Bobby Zamora has sorely scored another playoff winner. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.